Hey, and welcome to the Fleet Champions Podcast, where each week we chat to the people that have the stories, topics, and opinions on all things fleet. Real champions that keep the world's fleets moving. We look at the industry from every angle and through every lens, from officers, drivers, enforcers, and a lot more. But we're only asking the hard questions. I mean, some are hard, but we've got some softballs in there too. From trucking to construction, parcel delivery to waste, and everything in between. We hear how they've built things, broken things, and some lessons they've learned along the way so that you don't have to. I'm Tim. I'm Trent. And this podcast is brought to you by Whip Around. Trent, how are you today? Tim, I couldn't be any better. It's 72 degrees here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm loving life. How are you, sir? I'm good, and isn't that the way of the world these days? I'm sitting down here in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, Off the top of my head, I'm not quite quick enough to figure out what the temperature is here in Fahrenheit, but it's shaping up to be a pretty warm day, and uh, we're connecting to talk to a pretty interesting character today, something I always uh, spring out of bed in the morning to do. Today we are talking with Hayden Carter from Idelic, and this is a great conversation. We would be talking to Hayden Carter only his name's Hayden Cardiff, and he's oh, a totally different. Per- he's a totally different person than Hayden Carter. Uh, you know, you you can't always win them. You, you can't always. Win hey, them. we could use that in a couple of months' time when we're talking to some guy called Hayden Carter, and yeah, we've we'll already recorded half the intro. Done. Job done. done. But Job Hayden done. Cardiff. Hayden Cardiff. C A R D I F F. Today we're talking to Hayden Cardiff. It's a fantastic conversation because if you're in the fleet world at all, whether you own a fleet, you drive a truck, or you manage a fleet, they have a technology that is really world-class, and we're excited to actually get into what they do, how they do it, and how it you know benefits you, the listener. Absolutely, Trent. These guys are a partner of Whip Around. We pride ourselves on the quality of the partners we have, but it's worth mentioning this isn't any sort of paid content. This is not sponsored content from Idyllic. This is just us pursuing conversations with people, as the title of the show suggests, fleet champions, people who have been out there uh, working with customers that operate fleets, and these guys are doing that on the driver side. Uh, Broadly speaking, they're a driver management software. They do all sorts of clever stuff with artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, really to consolidate the difficult processes that their customers face in managing drivers. I mean, I love their tagline um, that, that you see in a lot of their marketing material that, that their mission is to bring drivers home safely at night. And we know from, from what we do at Whip Around that eliminating risk and eliminating paper processes and bringing intelligence to the information and fleet data that they have is is going to take uh, their customers a long way to doing it. So I'm really excited about what Hayden's got to say today. I know he's really passionate about the mission that they're on and uh, a really intelligent guy who started a business that's extremely successful. Yeah, let's jump into the conversation. I can't wait. I can't even wait any longer. We got to get into it. Now is the time. All right. We've been excited about this for a while. Hayden Carter, welcome to the show, co-founder of Idyllic. Hey, Tim, Trent, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for being here. We have a real soft spot for what we're going to chat to today because here at Whip Around, we sort of sit in the same world. We are developing solutions for the industry to help them with some of the problems that they have. And you guys are doing a sensational job 
um, at that at Idyllic, and we'll, we'll talk about that in uh, in a little while. But uh, tell us, where are you today? Yeah, Tim, thanks. So we are based out of lovely Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that is where I am calling in from today. Uh, but we've got, obviously, team members across the country and, uh, and a little bit around the world as well. So I mean, we... we uh, we're grown and we're excited to uh, to dive in here. Yeah, with that, I'll take it away, Tim, if that's okay. Is that cool? It is. I was going to ask you how you are today, actually. I was, uh, you know, genuinely making sure well, you were getting excited. I was right. going to say, Trent, how are you today? How yeah, is wonderful North Carolina, my second home? Yeah. How are you faring? Thanks for asking, Tim. Really means a lot. Um, I'm well. I don't have anything to complain about. Great stuff. So now what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to just unpick Hayden a little bit, a few icebreakers to uh, to get to know the man, the myth, and the legend behind Idyllic. Okay, where were you born and raised and where do you live now? Which I know we just covered where you live now, but born and raised. Born and raised. Uh, so born in Moorhead, Kentucky. Uh, go Eagles. Uh, so that's where uh, my, both my parents uh, went to college. And then uh, shortly thereafter, uh, grew up in the big city of Lexington, Kentucky. Um, it, so uh, a good part of my heart is uh, is still is still there in Lexington. Beautiful place. Uh, go Big Blue. Um, so then uh, moved down to Savannah, Georgia in high school. So uh, it, that's where I graduated high school. I uh, spent a couple of years as a missionary in Italy. So uh, two years uh, there in, 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 in and around the Rome area, absolutely loved it. Uh, came back and went to undergrad in South Louisiana and then came up to Pittsburgh for grad school at Carnegie Mellon and have stayed here ever since. Wow. Very impressive. That's a great run. Quite, That's the best we've had. I was going to say quite the resume on, on where you've lived. Uh it, it is. It is. We've gotten around uh, a lot of a lot of the South, so all, all kind of flavors of the South, and it's a beautiful. Yeah. So it's. I you you said North. You said North Carolina, and uh, and I and I had a, you know got a little uh, got a little teary eyed there for a second. Yeah, long, that's, you know, longing for the South. Um, okay, well, amazing. All right, what's a favorite artist or band right now? Favorite artist or band right now, um, or of all time? It's it's up to you. So I've been going again. My six-year-old, she 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 loves music. So I've been going back through kind of my what what I consider my oldies playlist. Uh, so she's she, I'm trying to expose her to a lot of different you know decades of music. She uh, she is starting to really get you know gravitate towards the '70s. So uh, it's a good good child, good child. Uh, you know, like your you know Sticks and 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 Journey and and you know uh, loves uh, Led Zeppelin. So I mean, those are some of the ones that I'm trying to get her some exposure to. But I think recently uh, for me, like Saint Motel is a good one because it has some of that old uh, old vibe to it. It's not. Yeah, I mean, you're raising your child right. I would say uh, that, and then she always she she uh, she'll ask me to put on some bangers. And then so we'll throw on some, uh, you know, we'll throw on some, you know, Demi Lovato and, and uh, you know, some others, uh, the kind of more, more yeah. popular music and she just gets, gets to dancing. So that's so funny. Throw on some bangers, Dan. All right. Yeah. Okay. And put on a banger. I'm like, all right. That's, that's banger. awesome. Throw a banger on. All right. Last question. If you had to trade places with anyone in life, all time, who would it be? It's a good question. Got to go with the goat, man. I'd, I'd say Michael Jordan. He's he's a legend. Uh, love basketball. Grew up playing uh, football and basketball, but 
Um, yeah, that's probably what I'd go for. Hard that's to argue good, with that. Yeah, that's a good Very. switch. I've seen lots of pictures of Michael Jordan recently um, coming back in on his on his fishing boat. He's got the big Viking or whatever it is, and he's in all the big fish game tournaments down in. Oh yeah, and he's, I just he's think just living his best life at this point. Oh yeah, embarrassing kids at his basketball camp, and then just I'm like, playing golf and stuff. So he's doing his thing. Not a bad gig. Yeah. Not a bad gig. Hey, Hayden, good to get to know you a little bit better. And, you know, the reason you're here, you've you've co-founded a amazing company, something that we at Whiparound have always been really impressed with. We're really excited to be sort of developing a partnership with you guys on a number of levels. And, and we are a big believer in, in those partnerships, whether it's integrations of, of technology, whether it's alliances, um, We've had you guys on our radar for a while and there's really good reason for that, we believe, and we're really impressed with what you're doing. But winding that back a little bit, tell us um, who Idyllic is. And I guess my first question, where'd the name come from? <laughs> yeah, so Idyllic is a platform that is centered around drivers, right? Like we, we focus on how can we help the back office teams, the fleets that, that are supposed to, to be there to support the drivers, how do we give the fleets better tools to support the drivers. That's really where it focuses on. And so, I mean, our, our mission is to help bring drivers home safe each and every night. And obviously that's what we focus on and that's what we've been successful at, right? Being able to help fleets um, dramatically improve their per million mile accident rates, their injury, their lost time injury rates, turnover rates. Like those are the things that we really, that, that, that really we really focus on that gets us uh, motivated on a, on a daily basis. So the, the name Idelic actually comes from uh, you know, this, image and this idea of creating this idyllic scene where we all, both you and I and our families, everyone who shares the road with these professional drivers, being able to help create this idyllic scene of everyone being able to drive safely and, and, and be able to navigate together. And, and so like that kind of that imagery stuck with us. And, uh, and so we, we love that word idyllic. And so we changed it around a little bit. One, just for you know, being a little bit more um, recognizable, a little bit more kind of uh, proprietary, but also just to be candid, like domain space and, and just some some open area to to kind of play in. So we changed it around to idyllic, and uh, and we've we've loved it, and you know, it has rang true with our customers. Well, it certainly resonates with uh, with us. Whip around is a name that gets some very, very odd looks, and uh, and there's probably a story in that. So I appreciate you know naming conventions um, have such a great impact, and and you're completely right. Having something that's just a little bit interesting, something that that sticks with people in their memories, uh, I think has a really great long term impact in uh, in how people remember you. How did you how did you start on this path? I mean, we soft, often ask the question, how did you get your feet in fleet? Where in that that journey that you sort of outlined before did you go, you know what, I've got a passion for drivers and, and we can solve a problem for them. Where was that that moment? Yeah. So the, fantastic question because you know, I came to Pittsburgh and I came to Carnegie Mellon with the with the mindset and motivation to jump into entrepreneurship, right? Like I wanted to be able to create something and, and be able to um, really leave a mark on an industry and create a product and, and do something significant in that arena. Um, st started out actually with a music technology company. 
um, had this idea. I, I love to play uh, piano and sing and, and a little, you know, dabble in, you know, guitar and a few others. And so I, I, I loved this idea of collaboration and being able to create music with those around you and do so uh, with technology. Um, so again, that was actually one of the big reasons I came to Carnegie Mellon. They had a music and technology degree program. And I figured if, if I was ever going to find someone smart enough to help me build this, right, it would be there. And so we did, I came, you know, came, came for grad school here, um, got connected with some really, really smart people. We started going and, and we just made every mistake in the book. Uh, it was, it was a great idea and concept, but we just, like, we had seven co-founders, right? Like, don't ever do that. <laughs> uh, we It was a music tech company. We were literally and figuratively sitting around singing Kumbaya together, uh, it, but with no real product leadership or understanding of who we were ultimately selling to and, and, and the value that we were creating. So like we we learned a lot, um, but, but did make a lot of mistakes and ended up having to wind that down. But as a part of that, I, I got to, I got that bug of just like wanting to go out and, and be able to create uh, you know, create value and be able to solve challenging problems through entrepreneurship. And so um, I, I started working with a colleague of mine there at Craigie Mellon who had an idea around taking electro electric vehicle technology and adding it to the trailer of an 18-wheeler for fuel savings. Uh, so we so we, we jumped in and we started, uh, we started highly on. Um, and so this, this was my first foray into trucking. And it was a new and uh, unknown industry for me. Uh, you know, if you'd asked me 10 years ago if I've ever gotten into trucking, I would have probably told you, no way, like that's crazy. Like it, it just it wasn't on my radar. But jumping in and starting Highland, I got to really understand A, how big and astronomically complex the industry as a whole is like, as an outsider looking in, you're thinking, I mean, like it's trucking, like you pick stuff up, you ship it somewhere, you drop it. I mean, like how hard could that be? But when you really dive in, it is, uh, it is one of the largest and most complex industries, but there's so many meaty and meaningful problems that need to get solved. And that's, that's a, that's, you know, a, a dream, right? Like that's, that's an entrepreneur's dream of being able to go in and like really start with a problem and start to figure out how can we, create an elegant solution to solve this, right? Like not just take technology and try to go find a problem, but actually start with a problem and understand based off of how people in that industry are actually like day-to-day -day working and what their current workflows are and kind of how they do their job today, making a solution that, make, that makes that meaningful, meaningfully uh, more, uh, more impactful or time-saving or money-saving, right? Um, so jumped in, got got rolling with Hylion. We made a lot of really good progress, did a lot of phenomenal work. Um, it ultimately wasn't the right cultural fit for me. Uh, so I ended up leaving uh, the company, but I got to know a lot of phenomenal people along the way. One of those groups was Pitt Ohio Express. So Pitt Ohio is a large uh, LTL company here in Pittsburgh. Uh, got to know Chuck Hamill, the CEO there, uh, pretty well throughout throughout my time at Hylion. And uh, when I let him know that I was leaving Hylion, he said, "Look, man, you got you got to come work with us in some capacity." So uh, he had me come on and start working as a consultant for for them, and looked at a ton of different projects. This was back in the time before you know this Uber for trait Uber for freight type of model was was brand new. 
Uber Freight didn't exist, right? Uh, <laughs> and so it's looked at a bunch of different projects around you know, diving in and understanding, analyzing that market, how it might be able to play into LTL or autonomous vehicles or you know machine learning, deep learning technology, and how that all those things can apply. So looked at a lot of different things, but the one that really caught my eye was taking this internal safety software that they, Pitt, Ohio, had created and trying to do something with it. They, they had this software called Safety Box, and uh, they wanted to either sell it off, license it, do something, because you know, Pitt, Ohio had, had and has one of the strongest safety records in the industry. I mean, the highest award that you can win in, the, uh, in safety is the ATS Presence Trophy. Fleets are only up to win that every four years. They've won that seven times in a row now, right? So they are, for the better part of three decades, they have been the gold standard of safety excellence. And this software has, has been a helpful part of that over the past, you know, at the time for the past decade or so. And so they had sold that software to a couple other fleets just kind of offhandedly and quickly realized that they are a trucking company and not a software sales company. Uh, so they wanted to do something different, right? And so with that, uh, you know, I, I kind of took this project on and dove in and talked to anyone and everyone I could, right? From the smallest, you know, 15, 20 driver fleet all the way up to UPS, right? And it's amazing who you can who you can get to answer a phone when you're playing the student card, right? So I was wrapping up grad school at the time and um and uh, and so people would just take my calls and like and I asked them about what their biggest issues and challenges and pain points are and, and really started to understand that everyone had the same issues. There was way too much data coming off of way too many disparate systems that don't talk to one another. And it's incredibly challenging for them to not just pull the data together, but actually make sense of it to understand and use it proactively and predictively on which drivers to coach and who to train and how to hold people accountable to engaging with the drivers at the right times and the right ways. Uh, and then being able to defensively talk about that program as a whole in court, right? Like there's just so many um, kind of challenges that they were facing along the, along the lines of, safety, compliance, risk, and, and operations all working together. And so everyone had that problem. So it kind of hit me uh, to, to really say, look, th this is something that needs to be solved, not just at a Pitt, Ohio level, but at a macro level. And so that's where we, you know, I put together a, a plan to ultimately spin out, uh, take that initial kind of safety box product that Pitt, Ohio created and use it as a good blueprint, a template uh, and an understanding of how fleets ultimately uh, how safety, compliance, risk, operations all ultimately work together uh, or should work together. And then we rebuilt, uh, we rebuilt that product from the ground up and, uh, and we, you know, again, spun out and kind of launched as idyllic from there. So that was the, that was the initial uh, genesis. That is the best genesis I think I've heard that really, really paints a picture of the evolution of where Idelic came from. Drivers, we have a, a core value at Whipround, be the driver, and, it, and it's a constant reminder to us that, you know, what you guys do is just is so deep in the, that driver space. We are reliant on our drivers to generate the data through inspections to fuel a maintenance uh, engine that, that helps uh, different stakeholders within the business in that sense. But I've always looked at what you guys are doing and thought, 
the success you found must be because it's it's an area where so many people struggle to solve the problem because of that huge disparity in technological maturity of drivers, of attitude, of the culture that some businesses have where drivers are resistant to change or they're resistant to technology or the notion of Big Brother. Um, has that been something that you've had to work really hard at is to get driver buy-in to your solution or does the benefit to the other stakeholders in the business sort of give you the momentum to, to get it in and get it embedded? That's a really good question. And so I think one of the things that has been a benefit for us is the fact that our main user and our main focus has been how do we enable the back office teams to better engage with and better support the drivers, right? So the drivers solely feel the benefit of higher quality engagement, better touch points, more support from their dispatchers, driver managers, safety managers, executive teams, all the way up and down the chain. And, and, and at least we have, you know, we have plans to have you know, more of a driver facing experience, but right now it is more so, or pretty much solely in the hands of that management uh, to, to engage with our product and our solution and how, uh, you know, and, and to use safety suite as a tool to, to better, uh, you know, to better improve the driver experience. And so I think that's where we haven't had the issue of having, you know, friction or pushback from the drivers because the driver doesn't really engage with us directly, but they simply just reap the benefit of better driver onboarding or better, uh, better safety, uh, you know, coaching and, and mentorship and less one-off individual nitpicky training and more holistic and proactive coaching in a way that drivers feel like they are watched after and not watched over, right? Like they feel like they are a true professional and their teams are treating them as professionals. And the goal is not to cover, you know, the, for the fleet to cover their own butt. It's not, you know, just to pencil whip some training. It's really to ensure that hey, I know you, I know your family, I want you to go home safe every night. Like that is a meaningful conversation and relationship that we can help to, to create and foster. And I think one of the things that like we, we've seen consistently is like on the management side of things, they have so many plates spinning. They have so much on their plate that they, they don't have time to care at the level that they'd like to. Right. And that's, and that's, that might be a little brash, you know, <laughs> of a comment, but I, I think in, in, in all reality, that's, that's where it lands, where if I'm a driver manager, I've got 50 drivers that I'm trying to take care of. A lot of them are turning over within the first three months of coming on. I'm, st I'm struggling to remember their name, let alone all the details around why they came to my fleet in the first place, what their expectations on miles and take-home pay and their family members, who their favorite sports teams are. Like, I don't know those things, right? But those that, that level of detail and engagement with a driver is so critical to be, to be able to foster a relationship where A, they know you're genuine and not just blowing smoke at them. B, to know that when things do come up down the line, and as a driver manager, safety manager, you need to start to correct or coach behavior, it is coming from a place of care and not just a, hey, I saw this one event, get your crap straight, or we're going to have problems, right? Like, 
those are two very different conversations. So we, we understand fundamentally that those are some of the biggest challenges that the fleet is facing when it comes to better engagement and better management of their drivers. And so those are some of the, those are some of the first places that we really started in addressing and how to improve that driver experience. That's fantastic. I, I think the genuine sort of, and it really ties back to where the name Idelic comes from, I think, is is this not only sharing the road, but is this real sense of genuine appreciation that we see more and more in, in our customers' worlds as well with a driver shortage, with all this, this challenge and, and, and friction that, that some parts of the industry have. You talk about trucking. Is that is that sort of solely where you're focusing um, your efforts at the moment, or are you starting to see the benefit more broadly? Yeah, we, we definitely are starting to see the benefit more broadly. I mean, it, it's we, we we definitely have a strong focus in your class eight tractor trailer, you know, over you know, uh, you know traditional trucking operations, right? Having spun out of Pitt, Ohio, like that's that, that's definitely in our DNA and our blood. But I mean, we are starting to see really good uh, movement into medium and light duty vehicles, different types of transportation, different types of drivers as a whole, because you know, safety is safety. You know, even within the trucking industry, right? Like we've got really strong and fantastic customers of every shape and size, right? From your largest enterprise customer all the way down to some of your smallest fleets from private carriers to four higher carriers, flatbed, tanker, LTL, uh, drayage, intermodal, like you name it, we we have customers in each and every one of those segments and, and now starting to go into those, you know, some of those lighter duty and, and you know, the concrete ready mix and some of the construction and some of these other different areas. Um, and that's definitely a, a strategy of kind of where we're heading. Obviously, we wanted to make sure we can nail it, then scale it. Uh, not get too far over our skis, but um, yeah, that's that's very much where we're heading. And I think that understanding of safety is is pretty consistent across the board, right? And yes, there's absolutely nuance. Yes, there's absolutely differences at each level within each different type of fleet. And we're starting to capture and and be able to accommodate for a lot of those differences. But when it comes to a process, when it comes to driver engagement, when it comes to uh, coaching and identifying risk and understanding what to do about that, creating that holistic program, that's something that is very transferable, right? Like being able to come out of the box and say, look, we have predictive analytics that helps you understand who's at risk and why. So now you can go in and identify and help your driver managers identify the specific training and coaching that you can provide to that driver. Oh, by the way, we can also help facilitate a proven way, not just an individual one-off training, but here's multiple steps across multiple weeks of a professional development plan. Right. And so now you can go in and have multiple, you can have different people across different areas of your team repeating the same consistent message over a multi week <laughs> time frame. And that helps to change behavior. Right. And so now you, th- that process is now facilitated in a very consistent way. And then being able to manage your escalation process, that first warning, final warning, suspension, termination, that, that, that whole understanding of how to, uh, from a from a risk standpoint of keeping you know crossing all your T's dotting all your I's like that whole systematic approach scales 
And that, and that is very similar regardless of what industry you're in. And so that's an area that we've seen uh, be very encouraging, both for not just idyllic, but also for the industry as a whole. Like when you can now leverage the best practices of some of the most regulated fleets in the country, now you can understand and know how to best, not just manage your drivers, but best operationally manage your fleet when it comes to tying in and operationalizing safety and, and having all those departments interconnected and working well together. It's really, it's really interesting. And you, you talk about these, um, you know, different types of fleets, how, how other customers and other operators out there can benefit from some of the best in class practices. Uh, we, we were speaking to somebody on, on this show a couple of weeks ago and he was a FedEx contractor, line haul contractor, uh, had a business and uh, his name's Steve Crawford and he's a, he's a real champion of the industry and of technology and a whole lot of things. And he, um, he left us with a comment that has really rung true to me ever since and I think it talks a lot to what you're sort of outlining today. And he said, look, there, there isn't a driver shortage. There's a shortage of good companies to work for. And I guess that just in my mind is really lining up with the mission that you guys are on is empowering, empowering companies to overcome this perceived shortage by offering up an environment that is safe, that is rewarding, engaging and arming the, the management teams and the operations teams to provide a place that, that drivers are actually happy, engaged, productive um, and sort of willing to stick around long term, um, you know, tying what you're saying to, to his comment has been a, a real sort of light bulb moment for me that um, I can see how, you know, I guess you are approaching the conversations, I guess. Is that, is that a fair comment that that is the, the, the general theme of how you're approaching new customers and opportunities and people in the industry with what you do? I think it's very fair. I think it's fair to say that fleets need to take more, fleets definitely need to take responsibility in the, in the conversation of driver shortage, right? Like, and, and there's a lot of angles to that. And I have a lot of opinions, some of which hit really close to home for me. Um, you know, my, my wife is from Brazil uh, and I've got family members there who drive truck uh, in Brazil and there's no easy way for them to come to the United States and drive. Like there's no, there's no easy, they, I can, I can promise you there are a huge, huge part of the workforce that could influx into this country and help fix a lot of that gap, but we have not created a, uh, a light touch regulatory way to get them here. So that's one, right? Like the, and again, you start to look at issues around, uh, you know, 18 to 20 year olds. 18 to 20, 18 to 21 year olds, right? Like if you're leaving high school and not coming into the trucking industry, it's going to be very challenging for you to then make a left turn to come into this industry at a later time. Like that just, that's, that is a very tall order to, to try to overcome that inertia. If you're going into a trade school or getting a job in a certain career path, like you want to continue down that path. And it's hard to come back into trucking uh, now that, you know, once you're post 21 to, to then get a job. And I know what, like regulatory, 
from a regulatory standpoint, um, we're starting to address some of that. Um, I know Atri has done a phenomenal job of uh, of kind of their um, young driver assessment tool um, and safe driver assessing when it comes to that that age group and and so there, there are things being done. But again, like there's a lot of angles to this, but you, I think you're exactly you're very fair in saying that we do need to look at ourselves as fleets and say, are there ways that we can better attract talent to come? Right. Wages are one, but that's not the end all be all. Like you can't wave a magic wand and say, we'll just pay our drivers more. And then the retention and, you know, the retention issues and driver shortage issues will just disappear. We've tried it. We're doing it and it's not working uh, at least not into the degree that we're, that we're hoping. And so it really does come to a place where, like when we start to look at ourselves and understand, all right, if I start a new job in any field, how would I like to be onboarded? How would I like to be trained? How would I like to be treated as a new hire? Right? That experience in the in a back office managerial type role is not in any way, shape, or form the average experience that drivers get when they're being onboarded into a fleet, right? Like this is one of the things that we talk about heavily is like, you have to understand that there's a major difference between orientation and onboarding. I think a lot of fleets conflate those two things or at least combine them, right? Like orientation. And we've done numerous webinars on this. We've pulled audiences like consistently two, maybe four to five days, right? In that range. That's your general orientation. Bring them in. Um, good, you know, good orientation classes have executives come in. They talk about, you know, the the exciting things about their fleet and why, you know, why it's fantastic to it work for us. And here's our core values and all these different things. Mission, get them all hyped up, get them all jazzed. Um, that you know, go through, you know, finish any paperwork that's lingering, get them in a truck, do a road test, all the all the things that you normally do in that two to four day orientation period. But generally, right in practice, what happens is. They slap them on the back, say, put them in a truck and say, all right, they'll make us some money, right? Like, obviously, I, I, like, I'm, again, over, uh, oversteering a little bit on uh, the, the conversation there, but that's like, that's what it feels like to drivers. And some drivers like that and respect that. It's like, all right, just like, I've been dr- doing this for 20 years, just shut up and let me go make money, right? But the vast majority of them, whether they say it or not, want to understand and know what their expectations are. They want the fleet to know what the driver's expectations are, and they want to make sure that the fleet can deliver on those expectations. So we are huge advocates. You have to have at least a six-month dedicated onboarding. I would say more, more towards nine to 12 months of dedicated onboarding for this driver. We like to use the word integration, where you integrate this driver into your fleet, right? You have to have consistent touch points, especially in the first three months. If not, uh, if not every couple of days, at least once a week with your driver manager, not talking about loads, not talking about operational details, but talking about that driver. Hey, day one, asking questions like what brought you to our fleet? In the first, like what got you excited to come work for our fleet in the first place? Again, going back to those questions around expectations of what are your expectations for mileage, take home pay, uh, all of, like routes, all of those different things. Like even getting to an understanding of like, hey, personal information. What's your family? You know, you have a wife, husband, kids, like pets, favorite sports teams, like dive in and figure out what they care about 
log it, document it. And then as you go through those a couple, every couple of days, every, you know, couple of weeks check-ins, you're following up on those things. Like, Hey, you find out the driver's wife's name, Jessica. Hey, how's Jessica enjoying your transition to, to XYZ fleet? Like those details matter. And when you as a fleet can create that level of engagement with your driver to where they know, not just think, not just like, ah, eh, they probably do. They know you care about them personally. You will overcome so many more challenges and you will see your driver retention improve. Like, and that word gets around, right? There are fleets who have very poor word of mouth and that gets around. There are fleets that have very good word of mouth and that gets around. It's like that brand that you're creating is so important. And I think as we do that, we're going to improve our driver retention. And then as an industry, as we start to more consistently do that on the whole and start to create much better branding around that, we're, we're going to start driving more people into the industry. Like, so this is one thing that I think we've, we've, we had a, just a terrific opportunity and we've kind of a little bit of a swing and a miss from like an industry perspective on like the, like the whole pandemic Corona, we were front and center for a long time as road warriors, heroes, those, you know, making the, you know, keeping the, the backbone of the country like strong and, and, and keeping our stores stocked. I think we, we still have an opportunity. I think we can capture a little bit more uh, value around just like shining a light on all of the phenomenal work that our drivers are doing in this industry. Um, but that's, that's another topic. <laughs> As we wrap up, how can people learn more about Idelic? They're listening. They're like, man, all this information sounds amazing, really valuable. We need it. How do they find it and engage with you all? Absolutely. A couple, couple really good ways. First and foremost, we have a lot of insight, a lot of customer case studies and, and just general information at our website. So please check that out. That's idelic.com. That's I-D-E-L-I-C.com. Uh, also, feel free to reach out to me. I, I, again, I'm very accessible and uh, it's pretty it's super challenging uh, email. It's Hayden at idelic.com, H-A-Y-D-E-N at idelic.com. Uh, so again, like the, uh, happy to kind of direct you in the right way and, and kind of answer any questions. Again, our main focus is, is really helping improve your fleet and safety and operational efficiency, right? So our customers, for example, large enterprise fleet, uh, you know, drop their per million mile accident rate by 43%, right? All the way down to uh, a smaller kind of, you know, 50 driver fleet went, you know, went from 200K in, in accident payouts down to 9,000. Like those are the kinds of things that we see driver turnover going down double digits from one year to the next. Like those are the, those are the, the, the types of impacts that we have um, when custom, when we are able to work hand in hand with our customers. So uh, if that at all seems interesting, uh, please hit us up. We appreciate it, Hayden. We appreciate you for taking the time. I, I mean, I, I throw that straight back at you. We are excited about um, about the relationship with you guys. You've got the same mentality as we do. You're hungry. You're visionary. You know, your obsession with the drivers is uh, is you know hugely aligned to our obsession with with fleet maintenance with. Uh, with inspections and how they pair together at that center point of a driver is something that we live and breathe every day as well. So 
we can't wait for a little bit more with you guys and um, and we'll you know announce new initiatives and things next year I hope but for today thank you for your time um, that was probably one of the, the easiest recordings we've ever done uh, I don't think there'll be too much editing to do after that you, you nailed it on the head um, you know it was just great to hear where you guys are heading and what you're up to so um, from us thank you absolutely thank you guys really appreciate it Well, that was great, Trent. I don't know about you, but uh, pretty blown away by meeting people like that that just have such a focus on what they're setting out to achieve, what their business is setting out to achieve, and, and Hayden couldn't have been more uh, in line with, uh, with what Idyllic has achieved and what they're wanting to achieve in the future. It was a joy and a pleasure, Tim. It sure was. The other thing I really liked about their story is that the concept for this platform really span out of another business. And I guess it's a lesson that we see time and time again is that not all businesses are started from some light bulb moment in the middle of the night and, and built from the ground up. There are there are problems being solved in businesses all across the world that, that people work in. Um, and there is often a business in that problem in itself. And to be able to pull that out, build a team around it, um, technology and all the things that Hayden and his team have done, I think is just testament to their entrepreneurial spirit and uh, and surely to the success that they've had to date. Uh, I think they're onto big things. And Whip Around has a huge focus on on vehicle maintenance and, and fleets, but also a real vested interest in the drivers of our companies. And that's why we want to partner with, with companies like Idyllic, because they are really accelerating some of the same common goals and interests that we have. And uh, we're really looking forward to what the future brings. Boom. Exactly. That's it. That is it. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Fleet Champions. And look, if you have not, if you've never, not even one time, went to LinkedIn and searched Whip Around, gone to YouTube and searched Whip Around, uh, then you need to do it. You need to take the opportunity and just look us up on our socials, check out some of our videos, maybe go to our website, whipround.com, if you're interested to improve your fleet inspections and maintenance. I mean, you can do that right now. And, uh, or if you just want some entertainment, uh, we've got it for you. We've, we've got it for you. We certainly do. And I think you mentioned a good point there. If you have a a handful of vehicles at the very least and you have a handful of people driving them or operating them uh, then we certainly can save you some time some money and improve your uh, your maintenance and safety and compliance process along the way so check us out thanks for being here today we'll see you soon we'll see you soon